Part two, chapter twenty of Quo Vadis, a tale of the time of Nero. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Quo Vadis by Henrik Sienkiewicz, translated by Binion and Malevsky. Part two, chapter twenty. Vinitius had just time to bid a few slaves follow him. Then he sprang on his horse. He galloped through the deserted streets of Antium in the direction of Laurentum. The awful news had thrown him into a state bordering on insanity. His brain was in a whirl. He felt only that the black spectre of misfortune was sitting beside him on his horse, shouting in his ears, Rome is burning! and lashing himself and his horse to the utmost possible speed. With his head bent on the horse's neck he rode blindly on, in his single tunic, taking no note of the obstacles that might stand in his path. It was a calm and starry night. The horse and its rider loomed like phantoms in the moonlight. The Idumean stallion, lowering its ears and stretching out its neck, flew like an arrow past the motionless cypresses and the white villas hidden amongst them. The trampling of hoofs on the flagstones roused the dogs here and there. Some chased barking after the apparition. Others, startled by its suddenness, bade their dismay to the moon. The slaves, following behind Vinitius on slower horses, soon fell far in the rear. When he had whirled like a tempest through sleeping Laurentum, he turned towards Ardea, in which as in Arisium, Bovilae, and Ustrinum, he had kept relays of horses from the time of his arrival at Antium, so as to cover the distance between that city and Rome in the shortest possible time. Remembering these relays he did not hesitate to tax his horse's strength to the utmost. Beyond Ardea to the northeast it seemed to him that a rosy reflection was mounting in the sky. It might be the dawn, for the hour was late, and in July day broke early, but a cry of fury and despair broke from him as he recognized that it might be the glare of the conflagration. The words of Lacanius rang in his ears, The city is a sea of flames! And for a time he felt the menace of madness in his brain, for he had lost all hope of saving Lygia, or even of reaching the city before it became a heap of ashes. His thoughts outspeeded the onrush of his horse and flew before him like a flock of dark birds, monstrous and despairing. He knew not indeed in which quarter of the city the flames had started, but he took it for granted that the trans-Tiber, with its store of houses, lumber-yards, and wooden sheds, would become the first victim to the flames. Fires were not infrequent in Rome. Rioting and looting were their usual accompaniments, especially in the quarters inhabited by the poor and the semi-barbarous. What, therefore, might not occur in the Trans-Tiber, a hotbed for the rabble which flooded into Rome from all sides? The thought of Ursus and of his extraordinary strength flashed into the mind of Vinitius, but what could one man do, even though he were a titan, against the overwhelming force of a fire? The fear of an uprising of the slaves was a spectre that had overshadowed Rome for years. From lip to lip had passed the report that hundreds of thousands of these people still cherished the dreams that they had inherited from the time of Spartacus, still waited for the first opportune moment to take up arms against their conquerors and against Rome. And now the moment had come. Even now battle and slaughter as well as fire might be raging in the city. The praetorians themselves, at the command of Caesar, might have hurled themselves against it with murderous intent. 
at that thought the hair rose on his head from fear he recalled the tales of burning cities so persistently repeated at caesar's court and caesar's plaints that he was constrained to describe a burning city without ever having seen one and his contemptuous retort when tigellinus offered to burn up antium or an artificial wooden city and finally his invectives against rome and against the pestilent alleys of the Sabora yes caesar had ordered the burning of rome he alone could give such an order as tigellinus alone could carry it out and if rome were burning at caesar's command who could say whether the populace would not be put to the sword at his command the monster was fully capable of such a deed conflagration a revolt of the slaves a slaughter of the citizens what a hideous chaos what an unloosening of popular fury and of the forces of destruction and lygia was in the midst of it all the groans of vinitius mingled with the snorting and wheezing of the horse which scaling the hill towards arisium was expending its last breath who could rescue her from the burning city who could save her vinitius almost lying upon the horse thrust his fingers into his hair ready to bite the horse's neck in his agony just then a horseman riding like a hurricane from the opposite direction shouted as he passed rome is perishing the ears of vinitius caught but one more word gods the rest was lost in the clattering of hoofs but that word sobered him gods he raised his head and stretching out his hands toward the star-strewn heavens ejaculated i call not to ye whose temples are burning but to thee thou hast known suffering thou alone art merciful thou alone canst understand human suffering thou didst come into the world to teach mercy to man show mercy now if thou art such as peter and paul describe rescue my lygia take her in thy hands and carry her out of the flames thou canst do it restore her to me and i will give thee my blood if thou wilt not do this for my sake do it for hers she believes in thee she loves thee thou promisest life and happiness after death but happiness after death will endure and not yet is she willing to die take her in thy hands and carry her out of rome thou canst do it is it possible that thou wilt not he paused for he felt that further prayer might change into menace he was afraid of offending god at the very moment when he most needed his pity and mercy the very possibility terrified him to banish all rebellious ideas he once more applied the whip to his horse all the more eagerly that the white walls of arisium marking one half the journey to rome were now shining before him lit by the rays of the moon a moment later he had passed in full speed the temple of mercury which stood in the grove before the city it was evident that news of the disaster had already reached here for there was strange excitement before the gates in passing vinitius noticed throngs of men on the steps and between the columns bearing torches and imploring the protection of the deity the road was no longer deserted and free as it had been beyond ardea though the crowds were hastening to the grove through the byways none the less the main road was filled with a multitude who gave way before the hurrying horsemen voices were borne to him from the city vinitius burst through like a hurricane trampling upon the people who stood in his way shouts went up from all sides rome is burning the city is on fire ye gods save rome the horse stumbled and fell but reined back by the strong hand of the rider it sat up on its haunches in front of the tavern where vinitius had another steed in relay 
slaves awaited their master's commands before the tavern and at his bidding hastened to bring on a fresh horse vinitius seeing a detachment of ten of the praetorian cavalry evidently bearing news from the city to antium sprang towards them with eager questioning what part of the city is on fire who art thou asked the leader vinitius a military tribune an augustale answer me on thy head master the fire broke out by the circus maximus when we were sent out the centre of the city was already in flames and the trans tiber the flames have not yet reached there but with irresistible force it is attacking the newer quarters people are perishing from heat and smoke and no rescue is possible a fresh horse was now led out vinitius jumped upon it and hurried along he directed his course towards albanum leaving alba longa and her beautiful lake on his right the road from Arisium now led up the hill which shut out the horizon from sight as well as albanum situated on the other side vinitius was aware that when he reached the summit he would see not only bovila and ostranium where a fresh relay of horses were awaiting him but rome itself for beyond albanum on both sides of the appian way extended the low campania along which ran only the arcades of the aqueducts so that the city would no longer be hidden from sight from the summit i shall see the flames he said to himself again he applied the whip before he reached the top however he felt the wind in his face and the odor of smoke in his nostrils suddenly a golden gleam lit up the hilltop before him tis the reflection of the fire he thought the night had already paled the dawn had deepened into daybreak on all the near mountains shone golden and rosy gleams which might come either from the conflagration or from the rising sun when at last he reached the summit a terrible spectacle burst upon his sight the entire lowland was covered with smoke as if a gigantic cloud overlay the earth it engulfed the towns the aqueducts the villas the trees and beyond this ghastly mass of gray loomed the burning city the fire did not take on the aspect of a column of fire as it does when a single great building is burning but rather that of a long belt resembling the dawn above that belt rose waveringly a billow of smoke black in some spots rosy in others blood-colored in others writhing like a snake which first draws back and then shoots upward the monstrous billow seemed at times to cover even that belt of fire so that it narrowed itself into a tape line but at times it lightened it up from beneath and its lower convolutions changed into waves of flame both the belt and the tape line extended from one side of the horizon to the other shutting it out at times as a belt of forests might shut it out the sabine hills were utterly lost to view vinitius's first thought was that not only the city but the whole world was on fire and that no human being could be rescued from this ocean of flame and smoke the wind now blew still stronger from the fire spreading the smell of burning matter and the mist which had begun to envelop even the nearest objects daylight had come bright and clear the sun lit up the crests of the hills around the alban lake but its golden rays shone with a pale and sickly red through the mist nearing albanum vinitius rode into smoke still denser and more impenetrable the town itself was completely engulfed the terrified citizens crowded into the streets it was awesome to think what rome must be like when in albanum it was almost impossible to breathe 
fresh despair seized upon vinitius fear raised the hair on his head he sought to comfort himself as best he could tis impossible he thought that the whole city can be in flames the wind blowing from the north drives the smoke hitherwards there is none on the other side the trans tiber divided by the river may be entirely safe in any case ursus has but to take lygia through the janiculum gate to save both equally impossible is it that the whole population should perish and that the world ruling city should be swept away with all its inhabitants in cities that have been stormed when slaughter and fire are doing their worst some few of the inhabitants always escape why then should lygia perish may god protect her he who conquered death himself again he began to pray and according to the custom in which he had been reared he made vows to christ of offerings and sacrifices when he had passed albanum where most of the inhabitants swarmed on roofs and trees for a better view of the conflagration his unrest in a measure subsided it flashed across his mind that lygia was protected not merely by ursus and linus but by peter the apostle this was an added solace peter to him was a mysterious and almost supernatural being from the time that he had first heard him in ostranium a strange feeling had possessed him of this he had written to lygia when in antium paul's every word he believed was true and would be proved true the closer his acquaintance had grown with the apostle during his sickness the more this impression had deepened until at last it had become unshakable faith so since peter had blessed his love and promised lygia to him lygia could not perish in the flames the city might burn but not a spark would fall upon her garments under the spell of sleeplessness of his mad riding and wild emotions vinitius now felt a strange exaltation everything seemed possible in this mood peter would make the sign of the cross over the flames would part them with a word and he and they would pass through unhurt moreover the future was known to peter doubtless he had foreseen the calamity and had warned the christians and led them forth from the city lygia whom he loved as his own child could not fail to be among the saved a firmer hope invaded his heart were they fleeing from the city he might find them in bovili or meet them on the way at any moment the beloved face might emerge from the smoke which was spreading still wider over the whole campania this seemed the more probable since now he began to meet still more people who leaving the city had sought the albanian mountains in order to escape from the fire and the smoke ere yet he had reached ostranium he was compelled to slacken his pace because of the obstructions in the way there were pedestrians laden with goods horses with packs mules and chariots laden with household effects and litters in which slaves conveyed the richer citizens ostranium was so crowded by the fugitives from rome that he found it difficult to pass through them on the forum under the columns of the temple and in the streets were vast swarms here and there rose tents wherein whole families had sought shelter others camped under the open sky shouting invocations to the gods or cursing fate in the general panic it was difficult to obtain any information the men whom vinitius addressed either made no reply or cried out with fright-crazed eyes that the city and the world were perishing every moment brought fresh crowds of men women and children from the direction of rome these increased the uproar some who had lost their dear ones in the crowds were desperately searching for them 
others fought for a camping place crowds of savage herdsmen from the campania rushed onwards to the town urged by curiosity or the hope of plunder made possible by the confusion already had the slaves and gladiators begun to plunder the houses and villas in the town fighting with the soldiers who had been summoned to the defence of the citizens from junius a senator whom vinitius found at the tavern surrounded by a crowd of batavian slaves he obtained the first consecutive story of the conflagration the fire it seemed had begun where the circus maximus bordered upon the palatine and the Celian hills but had spread out with overwhelming velocity until it had conquered the entire centre of the city never since the conquest of brennus had such a disaster befallen the city the entire circus said junius has gone up in flames together with the adjacent stores and houses the aventine and the celian hill are on fire the flames from the palatine have reached the carinae and junius who possessed a magnificent palace on the carinae groaned aloud Vinitius shook him by the shoulder i also have a house on the carinae he said but when everything is perishing let that perish too then he recalled the advice he had given to lygia to go to the house of the auli and fearing that she might have followed it he asked how about the patrician quarter tis in flames replied junius and the trans tiber junius cast on him a look of amazement why shouldst thou care for the trans tiber he asked pressing his aching temples with his hands the trans tiber is more important to me than the whole of rome exclaimed vinitius furiously thou canst reach it only through the portuan road for the heat on the aventine would suffocate thee the trans tiber i know not the flames had not yet reached it when i left whether they have reached it now the gods alone can tell junius hesitated for a while then continued in a low voice i know that thou wilt not betray me so i will say to thee that this is no common fire we were not allowed to save the circus i heard for myself when the surrounding houses began to burn thousands of voices shouted death to the rescuers men ran through the city and threw burning torches into the houses therefore the people grow unruly and clamour that the city is burning by caesar's decree i will say no more woe to the city woe to us all and woe to me what is happening there no tongue can say men are perishing in the flames or slaying one another in the confusion tis the end of rome and again he fell to wailing woe to the city and woe to all of us vinitius leaped on his horse and hastened on by the appian way he now found that his difficulty was to force a passage through the torrent of men and vehicles pouring out from the city that city extended before him as on an outstretched palm enclosed in a monstrous conflagration from the sea of fire and smoke darted an awful heat the clamors of human beings could not drown the hissing and the roaring of the flames End of part two, chapter twenty.